0: son. How are you today? Doing good, Dad. Josh, how are you?
1: I am doing well. Not a, not as exorbitant as Popo is, but I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Popo?
2: <laughs> you know, you both have seen me already. I'm old. I'm tired. But uh, in spite of all of that, thanks. I'm fine. Thanks to Calvary.
0: So I, don't, I don't know if dad looks like uh, Moses coming down off the mountain or was part of a witness protection program. But uh, the sun's got, coming right through the window and glaring off his face so much that uh, it's, it's almost difficult to look at the screen. He, uh, he, and I could say more difficult than usual.
1: He, he visibly has the Holy Spirit about him today. Yeah, that's it.
0: Been spending time with God. That's the reason he's glowing, <laughs> reflecting the sun. Uh, I love you in spite of all you talk about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week, um, we're we're talking about we're continuing our conversation on on a biblical viewpoint on rapture, um, and and you know I, I want to preface uh, this with with that um, you know these aren't foundational issues. Um, you know we can we can very comfortably disagree on these things, and it it really doesn't affect um, you know our our faith at all. Um, at any point, um, you know, these, these are, these are things that we're trying to figure out, but, um, uh, for, for our own, um, edification and and hopefully for yours as well as a listener. Um, but, uh, we, um, we, you know, we're, we're just trying to figure out what the Bible says about, um, about rapture and the, the end times and eschatology and, uh, So uh, you know, I hope that you you've enjoyed this conversation um, as a listener, and and I hope that you you continue to follow along with us. Um, But uh, but please um, you know realize that that if you believe differently than we do, or or if if you think that we believe differently than you, um, these these aren't issues of of of, uh, salvation. Um, So um, you know, uh, feel free to share your thoughts with us. Um, But but uh, and we'll try to be cordial with each other and and in the comments. We ask that you're cordial with each other as well. Um, last week we we covered uh, the first uh, section of Matthew 24 um, verses one through thirteen. Um, this is where um, uh, Christ is uh, has just left the temple and is um, then asked by his um, disciples um, three different questions. He's asked um, uh, uh, when will this when will these things happen? Um, what will the sign of your coming and, uh, um, and of the end of the age. And so, um, last week we, we discussed a little bit on this. Um, we're going to pick up from chapter four or from verse 14 today. Um, where do you want to read until today, Paul Paul?
2: Uh, then 25, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, sure. Starting at, um, verse 14 in the NIV. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of those uh, uh, of spoken of through the prophet daniel let the reader understand then let those who are in judea Flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women or nur- and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a gr- great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. And those days had if if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. For the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs. Wonder to wonders and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time.
2: Thank you, Josh. And just let me say, as a a preface to our study, that uh, these uh, disciples, it seems to me like that uh, Matthew chapter 24. In the very beginning of it, he may have been speaking to a group of disciples. Would you? I think you. I think you would agree with me that we are considered to be disciples of the Lord ourselves. The Bible teaches us it's in John chapter six, I think it is. I'm not certain of that reference, but where uh, <clears throat> he was uh, feeding a multitude of people. And uh, they, at that time, many of those were considered to be disciples other than those that were chosen by him to be specific, the 12 disciples. But then as they move from the Temple Mount, we, noted it, we know it as the Temple Mount today, area across the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives, they asked those three questions. And this was just a private setting with him. Jesus himself and his uh, chosen disciples. And uh, they ask those three questions. Uh, it's a three, I see it in verse three as a three part question that they ask of him. And then in the following verses, as we have it written in Bible form, the uh, chapters and verses, It's just merely, if we can imagine him sitting on the Mount of Olives and looking across now the Kidron Valley, they're sitting on the western slope of the Mount of Olives and looking at the eastern side of the Temple Mountain. the temple's still standing there, all these buildings. And now then he's beginning to tell them what they can expect, what they can expect. And Because he uses the word ye many times in the King James, it's ye. It would be otherwise English, it would be you, or you all. And so now then he moves on into what we're talking about now, tonight, and he talks about the gospel being preached in the world. Jesus mentions, well, the disciples ask the question, first of all, in verse 3, one of the questions was the very last one of the end of the world. And now, the end, Jesus, in his answer to them, said in verse number six, the end is not yet. Then he mentions again in verse number 13, but he that shall endure unto the end. So, more than one time, I think there's a total of three times, verse 13 or 14, that you have read. In the King James, it said, "And then shall the end come." I think. I think what we're learning is that those things that we're talking about are events that are yet future for us, but they are in stages. I believe we all. I believe the three of us believe in the rapture, and uh, believe that based upon what the Apostle Paul has taught in uh, First uh, Thessalonians in the 4th chapter, and also in First Corinthians, the 15th chapter, uh, when people then were concerned about the days ahead. I, I'm not sure that they were concerned about the end-time events as we would be today, but they were at least concerned, maybe for a different reason, their perspective on things then may not be the same as ours is now. But I think the Lord is combining His answer to those three questions. And He's talking about two events that are taking place. And one event, as we, know, we know it as the rapture. It's a catching away. And the other event is the second coming. We we teach those, and or I, I teach those, preach those, as the rapture and the revelation. He comes, first of all, to snatch away the people who are now believers, And we consider that to be the church. And then uh, Israel becoming a nation again in 1948. A regathering of the Jewish people from around the planet is taking place even as we study. And so there's coming a time when much of, especially what we read in the book of Revelation, the focus is on the children of Israel again. Uh, if it it is taught by some and I, I, the reason I'm asking the question of you and us studying together is we don't know the day or the hour. It's, uh, we, we have been taught that we believe that because the Bible says that uh, times in the seasons, maybe. Uh Jesus told the disciples then, on the, when he was about to send back from the Mount of Olives back into heaven, he told the disciples, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons. He said, that's in my father's hands. And so, but then the revelations that came to the Apostle Paul after he became a Christian and he has wrote most of the New Testament, Uh, We would say at least half of it, if not just a little more than half of it. And so he he has uh, written some things about those events that uh, the disciples at that time did not know about. Jesus was telling them about them, but they didn't fully understand. And now then Paul is telling the world about it in his writings, and I'm not sure that we can comprehend it completely. But I, I'm, I, my concern today as a pastor is that I get the word out to warn people that if they refuse or reject Jesus Christ as the sole means of salvation, there there's a future that waits for them that is horrendous, that is terrible, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I just want to get the word out to them before it's too late. And this... Uh, this uh, particular verse in fifteen, where it talks about the abomination of desolation, I think it would require us and anyone who might be listening that they would study the book of Daniel as well, because Jesus Jesus refers to the book of Daniel and yeah. especially the chapters and you. Well, you
1: I've got, a, I've got a few references up here for um, okay. the abomination of, of desolation. Just sure,
2: for... sure. Jump in there.
1: Um, so um, Daniel 9.27 says um, he will make a firm covenant uh, with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will uh, put a stop to sacrifice and offering, and the abomination of desolation will be on a wing of the temple until the decreed destruction is poured out on the um, desolator.
2: Can you speak to that, Josh? I mean, what what did well, Daniel what Daniel saw there?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it seems like it seems the interpretation that I, I get from that is that uh, that that in the middle of the tribulation, the tribulation lasts for seven years, um, and in the middle of the tribulation, the uh, the the abomination of of uh, desolation will be stood up. Um, meaning a person or some type of um, figure um, that uh, that that will be worshipped in the place of God in the temple. Um, so so the you know a temple being required um, as it says the the um, the wing of the temple um, until it's destroyed. So so he will he will then take the in his own image take the the uh, the, the 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 desolator take the, the image of God. Um, that, that time, um, uh, Daniel 1131 also says forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Uh, then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place the abomination of death and place there, the abomination of desolation. So this seems like, like the, I'm, I'm trying to remember my, um, my, um, uh, Leviticus, but, um, the, the outside of the, the, the temple in the temple courtyard, they offer the, the daily sacrifices. Is that correct? Um, the the burn offering
2: offer, And then the, the high priest going
0: once a year.
1: Well, the no, home, the, the, the daily, home. the daily sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a daily asked.
0: sacrifice for the nation of Israel. Yeah. That was, yeah. uh, that was offered in the outer courtyard.
1: Yeah. Yeah so so it it seems like the outer courtyard is where the abomination of desolation will be at, according to 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 david uh, or to Daniel
2: no uh, yeah, and I, you know I, without looking at it, but now, um, I think because in the temple itself, where was it thought that God had his dwelling
1: in the oh, holy, of the holy. Of holies
2: in the holy of holies. And so the Antichrist is wanting to be God himself. And I'm 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 thinking that it might be within the Holy of Holies again that the the, uh, the abomination of desolation takes place, that he's going to demand that he's going to suggest that he's God and he's going to demand to be uh, worshipped as God. And so it might be there. Dan, you got something? Yep.
0: So reading verse 15, yep. it says in the holy place. So, the if, if memory serves, so please feel correct. Feel free to correct me. The structure of the temple itself, and the outer courtyard. Once you enter into the temple, the main hallway, the main, the front area was called the holy place, and then beyond that, beyond the curtain, was the holy of holies or holiest mm-hmm. of holies. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes, the
2: holiest, the holy, the holiest. Holy of the holiest place, yes, was
0: beyond the curtain, was behind the curtain. So, yes. in front of the curtain is called the holy place. Mm-hmm. So, is that according to what we're reading here? Is that where he was standing? It, uh,
2: I, I don't know, because uh, sometimes we lose, sometimes we can lose meanings when it's translated into English. Yeah, yeah. And it, you're, you're, what you're reading from me or Josh?
1: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I'm not trying to put it in context with that, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it could, there could be, you know. Uh,
2: okay. Let's talk about that. The, the, the temple that is now, uh,
1: all, every, every
2: part of it is ready to be put together to be the temple.
1: I think they're still looking for a certain type of, uh, flower that, that's, that was to be used within the temple. Um, for okay. something, but but yeah, they've gotten the large majority of it um, figured out.
2: We've been to the temple treasures and myself, and and uh, they've uh, mentioned all those things, and and uh, we've met the people who are making the um, harps that are going to be used by the Levites
0: during that time. I think you know, the organization in Israel trying to pull out to get all that together is called the Temple Institute.
2: Right, <clears throat> right, and they uh, they. They have all of those things. <clears throat> but uh, the, the reason I ask the question is, when Jesus died on Calvary during his crucifixion, the veil that was in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. In this temple that we're talking about yet to be, is, is there going to be a veil? Will, will, will the Jewish population... Go back to when the, when, the, you know, whoever it is that allows them to do their daily sacrifices, because I believe it will be people who are in authority at that time are going to be allowing them. Right now, there's authorities. They can't even be, many of them can't even be on the Temple Mount, but they're allowing them to do their daily sacrifices. So, does that include well, everything? Does that include? Everything that was in the temple that was destroyed. Well, I think I think
1: Daniel talks about it as well because Daniel talks about in verse or in chapter number twelve, verse eleven. He says, "From that time the regular sacrifice is abolished, and the abomination of desolation is set up. There will be 120, or, uh, one hundred and twenty or one thousand two hundred ninety days." So it, it seems like it seems like based upon what Daniel saw that there was regular sacrifice up okay. until this point, and then it will be abolished.
2: And so the temple, this was Herod's temple that was destroyed in 70 A.D. And so the temple that we're talking about that is yet to be built will be similar to, along with everything that they had. There's going to be a millennial temple as well that's different from that temple that we're now talking about, according to the book of Ezekiel there's some uh, there's some description i think it's chapter 40 on there's a description of that temple that is going to be built during that time or the one the lord is going to occupy so we're i don't want to get away from what we're discussing now because in you gave some wonderful references uh Josh uh, 927 and there's also the description of that uh, person or image or beast or that's in charge at that time is in chapter eleven, verse number thirty six, and some of those verses. And uh, so, Jesus, I think what's critical to me in reading what I have read is Jesus who has told his disciples then that this is, you know, they they were familiar with Daniel. Is that? Can I say that that's right? That they yeah. they knew who Daniel was. They had read all of that. Perhaps. Well,
1: I'm sure there were songs from you know like that 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 brought up Daniel or, or that talked about Daniel. I'm sure that that Daniel is a, 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 a something that that young Jewish boys at least going through the through school would have learned about in did, great detail.
2: Did all did all of them, did they have to each one of them have to do a bar mitzvah then? Yeah, That's I when think they was 12, 13 years old. Yeah, thirteen, I believe so that, that they still do so
1: botanist, Botswana. So
2: yeah, That mean, those disciples have been through all that. You know what? That's just now crossed my mind. I didn't even think about
1: that. Yeah, well, but they would so, have went. There were three different schools, right, for um, Hebrew children at the time. There was the the school of the Torah. Um, then there was a school of um, uh, I forget what they they call the rest of the the, the um, and it obviously depends upon what sect you're. Your, uh,
0: the Tanakh.
1: Yeah, the the school of the Tanakh. And then there was an apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. So if you made it, if you did well during the school of the Torah, then you went on to the school of the Tanakh. And if you did well during the school of the Tanakh, then you were brought through um, as an apprentice to a rabbi um, after that. But, um, you know, the, everybody at least would have went through, the, all the boys at the time would have at least went through um, the, the school of the Torah.
2: Okay, and so that—that's only the first few books of the Bible, and right. it? it's the law. The law. Yeah. The law.
0: If, if I can add this, uh, yeah, yeah. What What's really neat for me is uh, I, I've heard some of the things Josh is sharing now, but uh, if along the way you would be tested at every level, and you had to pass the test, and you had to show a strong familiarity with the Bible or or the the Old Testament Torah Tanakh at that time. And you had to be able to quote significant portions of it. And if you failed, your punishment, I mean, it's, it's kind of like going through school now. You know, if you barely pass high school, good luck going to uh, college. You might get to go to vocational school or go on military or something like that. But back then, you're young, young, young man, young woman. You can't proceed. So uh, you have failed your test. Next step, you go back to your family and you learn their trade. So you become a tradesman, and you become uh, a blue-collar worker. So what's neat is, when you look at Jesus' disciples, every one of them had a trade. Every one of them failed at their biblical studies. Hmm. So he chose a B team, not an A
2: team. It's a, and, and, you know, uh, Paul spoke to that, too. He uh, chose the simple, I guess, to confound the wise, the weak to you know confound the strong.
1: Well, I think I think beyond that there's you know there's there's a um there was definitely a, an oral tradition um along with uh the scriptures um at the time and that's definitely been expounded upon um to to the point to where like to where Jewish teachings don't don't look um the same as that they did, you know, 2000 years ago. Um but the the you know the I, I think that that in doing so Christ was able to to choose disciples that that weren't um, indoctrinated with these these oral traditions that that may or may not have been you know biblical at the time. So you know it, it, the same way that that if you have somebody that goes to if you have somebody that you're bringing in to work um, that has been schooled on certain things and and they do it a certain way um, or they've been taught to do it a certain way versus bringing on somebody that that you can kind of shape and mold on your own and and not have those those type of um uh those type of doctrinal um uh um foundation that 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 they may have had um if they were to be taught um from oral tradition as well
2: mm. yeah so so the question that i have uh <clears throat> This, this particular verse that we're reading about the abomination of desolation, and then verses, uh, Jesus said, let him understand. Whoever read, it's in parentheses in uh, the King James, it says, whoso readeth, let him understand. They, they might have had a better understanding of what he was saying, Oh yeah, because of their time, because of their culture, especially where they were seated at the time. They're still on the Mount of Olives, and they're looking at a structure that has not yet been destroyed. And so they know about this from Daniel. If they had any information at all about the prophet Daniel, um, then they knew what Jesus was speaking to and what he was speaking about. And then... There, there are, we, we have been discussing uh, uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and what we're talking about is pre-tribulation, okay, and now then we're seeing here that in the middle, this is, this is from what we read from the prophet Daniel, this is in the middle of the tribulation, the great tribulation that we talk about, is that. Is that correct, or is that in the middle of there's the tribulation is seven years.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's several points to where it points out seven years, um, and, then, and, and then then you know, obviously with with uh, with Daniel, I think in Revelation it talks about or you know at this this period in the middle somewhere that that it's it's um, that the the abomination of desolation stood up.
0: So, okay. I get, let me let me add this. We've already read this verse. Yeah. So let me let me highlight it again. Uh, Josh read uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Let me reread it. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1290 days. So if you got a calculator, divide 1290 by 365.
2: 1260, but there's so it's, extra days on that.
0: Understood, but there's, that's right at three and a half years. So you're at the halfway mark from that point to the end. And then it says, blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335-day point. Uh, but go your way till the end. You shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Right. So, um, I, you know, is it 1,290 days to a certain point? Then there's
1: what? That's thirty five ten, so 45 days. I
2: think it's a total of 75 days different.
1: Yeah. So it's almost exactly halfway through a seven-year period.
0: But then what's the 45 days at the end? So
2: that's a month and and a half. I think it would require just an in-depth study of Daniel and what he was saying about it. I've heard the explanation, but I've slept since then. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And so uh,
0: for me, every day is brand new. <laughs> sure. We talked about that before. The good thing about getting old is uh, every day's no. a new experience. It's
2: just a new experience. <clears throat> yep. I get up with crack, uh, what is it? Snap, crackle, and pop every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> so, my question there's a lot of tribulation that the church is going to have to go through with.
1: Yeah, before
0: well,
2: before a snatching away before a rapture.
1: Yeah, if we're not raptured beforehand, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: so here, here's here's a challenging question. Uh, there's there's a verse of scripture. Let me let me find it real quick. Um, and you probably know the reference right off the top of your head when I mention it. It's uh, the verse of Scripture when it talks about there will be those who come up saying, where is the promise of his coming? Mm-hmm. And granted, not to take it out of context, that's referring to false prophets. So uh, where is the promise of his coming? It's in Peter somewhere. It's uh, got the reference, Second Peter 3, 4.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's look at that real quick. Uh, use this one
2: to Peter three four
1: I got three, it. verse four. yeah they they will say where is the where is this coming he promised ever since our ancestors died everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation
0: yep so uh and, and, and in context it's, it's talking about scoffers it's talking about um uh it's talking about the author's writing, saying that, you know, the day of the Lord will come. Um, but then there will be those who, who stand up and say, you know, where where is the promise of his coming? Why hasn't he came yet? And it, I'm sure you've probably been involved in conversations yourselves where people ask that same question. You know, well, hasn't he been promising to come back ever since he left?
1: So. Well, I think the Jews what? were probably asking that same question whenever Jesus came or before Jesus came with the, yeah. the takeover of the Roman Empire. I think there were probably several times to where the Jews could have been asking the same question as well, the I, promise I, of Messiah was was promised. You know, the Maccabees it brings out no. the one. Um, <laughs> and then then, you know, obviously, whenever Rome, Rome took over. Yeah. Um, so
0: his disciples very poignantly asked that question. Are you you know, when will you stand up your kingdom? So they were expecting him to overthrow the Roman government and stand up a, a Jewish government and an Israeli uh, a government in Israel, a government in Jerusalem. And I don't think they fully understood at that point. Uh, but um, my thought though, I, I wanted to talk about this expression, where's the promise of his coming? I, I was thinking as we were as I was studying, um, it, it it would be, the, the challenge is, is here today. Today is uh, 2022. It's uh, July the 19th while we're recording. This uh, recording will drop on Thursday morning. But um, today, uh, there are plenty of places on the planet where Christians have to decide you know, if, if they're going to live or if they're going to follow Jesus Christ. And uh, we in America, um, we... we <sighs> I, I had a friend who went on a mission trip to Africa. And while he was there, he was working with some seminary students who were indigenous and they were uh, pastors in their local villages. And they got to talking to him a lot about demons. And then he was amazed at the conversation he talked to the missionaries working with. He said, I, I don't understand what's their fascination with demons are. And the missionary explained to him, He says, that's a reality over here. And then he says, is it really demons or is it other stuff? And the man says, no, no, no. He said, "He said you're having a hard time understanding this because you're an American. And he said, America, your demons are weak. <laughs> he said, but uh, he said, uh, you don't recognize they're there. You don't pay attention to them like we do here. So in America, we, we are extremely blessed as a nation. But the downside of that is it's... Um, has a tendency to weaken our faith. It has a tendency to make us a little uh, too content. So, in this contentment, what I'm concerned is that the reality is this. Can, I'm going to sound like a naysayer, but there's there's going to come a day for even American Christians where it's going to get rough. And uh, you know, if if the Lord tarries is coming and uh, he does not come free trip, if I'm not stating one position or another. But if so, my concern would be for those who've who've uh, gone their entire life believing and hearing and understanding pre-trib, and then get into the tribulation, they begin seeing evidence of the rise of the Antichrist, and then they may have people be asking the question, where's the promise of his coming? And they may be finding themselves faltering in their faith. Uh, I'll tell you this. Josh and I were talking just the other day. This podcast has been uh, wonderful for me because before Patty and I moved to West Virginia, I was um, I was enjoying regular Bible study. I had been involved in uh, some teaching. Uh, they, I'd even had the privilege to speak publicly a few times, and and um, I I had a good study habit. I had a good time studying the Word. When I came up here to West Virginia, uh, things just changed. And I've I've not made uh, good connections with uh, Christian brothers like I had in Tampa. That's it's not their fault. Locally, that's my fault. And uh, and uh, I've not grown very much in my faith. But thank thanks to Josh, thanks to him being obedient, I think the Holy Spirit's kind of put this together for us. Because um, personally, it's it's challenging me to read more. It's challenging me to study more. I've I've maintained throughout the whole time. I've maintained a good daily bible reading regiment but uh, and and regiment's not the right word just a good practice uh and i've enjoyed my time with the lord but uh, but it's since we have started the podcast it's it's been different and uh, i i appreciate that but there could come a time when we are under so much persecution that that our faith will be challenged so i i want to i want to encourage people this as Dad said earlier, first, uh, it doesn't matter whether you believe pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. That's irrelevant. What's What's important is who you believe in. It's It's believing in the person of Jesus Christ. It's It's putting your faith and trust in Him. It's you You don't have to fully consciously understand all of it. Just sometimes, and and this This doesn't sound weak to the intellectual, and I'm sorry, but this is just the truth. Just if you have to blindly trust Jesus Christ, because He'll take care of it. Don't don't you dare worry about. I don't fully understand it. That's okay. I I don't fully understand it. I don't think any of us fully understand it. It's it's the mystery of God's grace. So trust Jesus Christ. It's that simple. Uh, you know, and and confess Him with your mouth. So with the the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, where the mouth confession is made in salvation. You don't have to confess your sins. That that confession is you're confessing according to to that same passage that I just quoted, the the verse before it. You're just confessing that Jesus Christ is God's Son, that He's Lord of your life. And and again, just believe Him. Trust Him. He's real. And I, I promise you this, whether it comes at the middle, the beginning, or the end, whenever He comes back, He's coming back. I saw a t-shirt the other day. It says, Normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. Mm. <laughs> so this, you know, this is our quote unquote new normal. <laughs> Folks, mm-hmm. I I got a wonderful, wonderful message for you. There's coming a new normal.
2: Mm. Oh
0: my goodness, there's coming a new normal. <laughs> there's coming a day when there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, when we will when we will be able to truly live life free of sin. And it's it's not, you know, I, I used to hear that and go, man, sin, that's that's all the fun stuff in my life. I don't want to let go of that. So here's what's neat. Dad made Dad made a comment one time and, and he may not remember this, which is great because he gets to hear it again for the first time. But uh he said one time and, and I've quoted him several times. He said, "What's great is when I when I got saved, when I accepted Christ as Savior, I still get to sin as much as I want to. the The only problem is I just don't want to as much because <laughs> your wanter changes. So the, your, your the desires of your heart begin to change, and it's crazy. So <clears throat> just just trust Jesus Christ. And and again, we're you know we're chasing a rabbit, but this is a good rabbit. So, um, but." Um, There's this this abomination of desolation. If if you look at this, um, desolation is is a, a word that describes absolute destruction. It is. If you want to see desolation, just think about the most arid place that you could on the planet, where there's no life living whatsoever, and you stand there and you're baking in the heat. And the dust is flying around, and there's no evidence of life anywhere. That is desolation. So, this is what's coming. This is the, the, the desolation of our souls. This is the desolation of life. And it, just think about the most wonderful things you can here on earth the time with your loved ones, the beauty of a sunrise, you know, just the, the, the warmth of sun on your face on a cool day. Just all these wonderful things that God's given us. But imagine all that just being taken away. That's exactly what what Satan wants for us. Because I hate to tell you, I've read the end of the book. Satan loses. And here's what's crazy. He knows the end of the book. He lost. He's already he's 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 walking around absolutely defeated. And he hates to be reminded of that. And here let me let me back up. Don't talk to him. Don't waste your time talking to Satan. Was, I, I've heard people you know that want to fuss say Martin luther was known for for walking around his his uh his room at night and, and yelling at the devil waking up his other fellow monks that were next to him but it, it, don't do that because he, he doesn't need your attention and, and I hate to tell you this he's probably not there anyway if you're talking to him you're just talking to the wall because he's on he's not omnipresent the holy Spirit is God is satan's not he's not omni he's not omniscient God is. Satan's not. He's not omnipotent at all. He is powerful. Don't get me wrong. God's given him a lot of wonderful powers which are deadly and frightening. But he is a weakling compared to God. So, here's here's what I love about the book of Job. God, uh, You read the beginning of the book of Job. God called court. Guess who showed up? Lucifer. Satan. Because guess what? He's the devil. He's God's devil. And when God says, boy, get in here, he's got to show up. So I just, I love that. So he, he couldn't touch Job unless God gave him permission. And he personally went after Job just to make God look bad. And what happened? God looked good because <laughs> of God. Because Job, Job, you know, broke down and want to ask, played 20 questions with God. And where you know, why have you done this? Why have you done that? And then God started reminding Job, I'm God. This is this is where where were you when I set the foundation of the the earth on its axis? Where were you? And he's asking him questions about just I need to remind you who I am, Job, because you've apparently forgotten. But God restored everything to Job. And and just like just like Job, just like the children of Israel, it, you know, as I was going through this and I'm thinking if, if we have to go through the tribulation, I, I've heard people use this uh, point of logic, which I, I appreciate it. I understand it, but you know, this this is earthly thinking, but they, they talk about, you know, as a man, and this is, this appeals to my ego and, and my personality as a man. And I think it does to most men, but if you had a bride, and, and you, had, you had a bride that you're intending to marry, and you love her, and, and Christ loves the church because the church is Christ's bride, why in the world would you let your bride go through the tribulation when you know how bad it is? I understand that logic. But you know what? If you go back and you look at the children of Israel, they went through all the plagues except the last one. And the only way that they were saved from the last plague is they put blood over the doorposts. Uh, and they did it because they were obedient they did it not fully understanding but they did it and then the death the, the angel of death passed by them when it saw the blood and it's that's so if we go through the tribulation I, I promise you he'll bring us out the other side just like he did the nation of israel just like he did the children of israel
1: yeah Ro- or uh, revelation puts it this way in uh, verse 3 or uh, chapter 3 verse 10 so, since you have kept my command uh, command to endure patiently, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Yeah. So, even though we may have to go through some of this, we're we we're, we're going to be delivered from it.
2: So, you take care of us. And while you've been talking, I just want to say, amen, praise the Lord. i was just about to come off my seat
0: here. <laughs> yeah, now, it, it, in summary, folks, we, we've been talking about you know, part of this conversation is pre-mid post-trib. When will the rapture happen? Uh, I, I want you to know there's. Uh, I, I've approached this without an opinion. So I, I've. Uh, I'll tell you the way I was raised. I, I was raised pre-trib. Uh, prior to this study, I was. I felt very strongly about pre-trib, and as I've gone through it. Uh, i i think the bible is an interesting book that that i challenge every last one of you to read and mm-hmm. and if you go back and you listen to podcasts look at look at some of the things we've brought up and you you heard some debate between dad and i last week and, and i just want to share the listeners there's there's nothing bad between he and i we we're, we're good <laughs> and, and my approach to that simply was just what does the book say
2: but mm-hmm.
0: i wasn't saying he's wrong uh just just uh what does the book say So that that still remains the question. So here's the challenge that all of us have, Dad, Josh, I, and all of you listening. My question to you is, what does a book say? So be a student of the book. Get get into that book. Dig in that book. So, and here, Josh mentioned this earlier, and we've mentioned this before. I I plead with you, please, read, study. And I'm not begging you to develop this for yourself, but... Folks, when you do this, it starts impacting your family. It, it impacts your spouse, your kids, your your neighbors, your your coworkers. It, it begins spreading out in your life, and then, as you learn things, share them with us. You use the use the Facebook page. There's a messenger capability there. Send us a message. Post post information that you've found. Um, you know, if 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 you've got if you've got an opinion. And you think scripture shows you one thing or the other. Great. Tell us, show me what the Bible says. And that, that's the challenge. Take, take the, here's the reference. Here's what it says in this reference. And please note these words. So it, it's that simple. And, and we want you to do that. We would love for you to do that because it, it helps us grow. Cause I promise you nobody in this podcast is above being wrong. Yeah. Especially, especially me. So, uh, teach us you know if, if the holy spirit sharing something with you especially if we have misstepped and we are we are saying something absolutely opposite of what scripture is please tell us because I, I don't i don't want to be guilty of that i i want to be faithful to, to god's word amen
2: I, I think in in wrapping things up uh i have a Tremendous, And it sounds to me like all of us have a burden for our family and our friends to know Jesus Christ before any of this happens, regardless of what comes our way. He is our friend all the time. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. And as we submit to him, he, he just uh, covers us with his everlasting love. Can I pray for our family? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Father, as I bow in your presence in Jesus' name, hearing Dan tonight and hearing Josh tonight, knowing my own heart the way that I do, I, I want to pray for family, friends. I want to pray for people I don't even know that might be hearing what's being said. Well, I want those who do not know Jesus as their Savior, it is our our longing. It is our heart's desire. It is our prayer. It is a, an attempt on our part to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading so that folks who hear and you've they hearing tonight have heard some wonderful, wonderful words about developing a relationship with Jesus Christ. For He did. God did. He loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And that son gave his life so that we can have life. And so I pray and then when I say we, it means everybody. It means that whosoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. So help, help us, Lord, as we study together, that we uh, lift up the name of Jesus Christ and that people would know him as their savior, relatives, friends, Casual acquaintances, people that we might meet day to day. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for Josh and his burden for this podcast. It's been such a blessing to me, and I pray it's a blessing to others as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: If you're enjoying the Thanks to Calvary podcast, make sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thanks to Calvary. If you would like to reach out to us for prayer requests, ideas for future episodes, or just to say hi, message us on Facebook, or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash thanks to Calvary slash message, or email us at thanks to Calvary podcast at gmail.com.